Well, hello and good morning and welcome to Church Online. I do hope that this message finds you and your loved ones well. You know, I've got to say I'm very appreciative of modern technology and being able to, uh, if you like, beam directly into your lounge room or indeed wherever uh, you find yourself. But I have to say I share the sentiments of many who have emailed to say can't wait to be together again. And certainly I share that. Looking forward to being together soon. I certainly miss you all. And do know that as a staff team, we virtually meet every morning on on Zoom and we do pray for you all. Uh, We are praying for you guys and uh, we all miss you and are looking forward to being together again. Well, we do join together. Uh, You know, even though our doors have closed in this season doesn't mean we stop being church. And as a church this morning, we celebrate Palm Sunday. Well, what is Palm Sunday? Well, it's the Sunday before Easter Sunday, and it marks the start of what is known as the Passion Week, the last week of Jesus's public ministry before uh, his death and resurrection on the cross. And I'm looking forward to uh, uh, celebrating with you next Sunday, uh, Communion, and indeed, this Friday, we will have a Good Friday meditation as well uh, on Church Online. So watch out for the communication about that. So why was it called Palm Sunday? Well, for many of you, you'll know the story. You can read it in Matthew 21. But you see, what happens is Jesus arrives to a fanfare of praise and adoration. And he arrives on a donkey and they get the palm trees out. And they lay them on the ground. I tried to get some as a, as a prompt, but uh, I couldn't find any in my garden, I'm afraid. But imagine there's palm trees around me. And, um, and they laid their clothes. And if you were there, you would have thought it was a coronation of a king. Hosanna, Hosanna, they shouted. What does Hosanna mean? It means praise and adoration and joy. Because a saviour had come. But what you would have seen in a week, there was a complete plot twist akin to something you would uh, watch on a Hollywood movie blockbuster because all was not going to go well as we know because these shouts of Hosanna would change very quickly within a week to cries of crucify him crucify him where once these people were proclaiming Jesus as king now they were saying that he was worse than a murderer and deserved to die. Why on earth did that happen? What was going on? And was Jesus coming in to Jerusalem where he came in on a donkey and yet only a week later he would be leaving carrying a cross? Was this an accident? No. What Was it just a fluke? No. You see right on cue Jesus enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and we know that this was predicted in fact if you look at Matthew 21 and if you look at verse 5 it says see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt the fowl of a donkey now who wrote this well this was written by Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, over 400 years before this very event. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we know there are so many prophecies about the coming Messiah, his birth, but also his death and resurrection, so many that we could go through. And isn't it amazing that 400 years ago, Zechariah prophesied that specific, 
that the king would come riding on a donkey. And here's the two questions then I want to ask us this morning as we celebrate Palm Sunday together. Why did Jesus need to come? And who did he come for? And I think to answer that, we need to go way back. Come back with me 400 years prior to where Zachariah was. Now, uh, I don't know if you've got your, uh, your time machine of choice at home, uh, but strap yourself in. If I was any good at editing software stuff, I would put some really cool CGI effects right now of me going back in time. But alas, you'll have to use your imagination. But here we arrive in Jerusalem 400 years before that event at Palm Sunday. And we look around Jerusalem and what do we find? I think you might be surprised to see that the city walls are in rubble, in disrepair. As you look around and you see, you see the temple of God in disrepair and broken, in need of fixing. And if you look around, you'll see people confused, dismayed, looking for something, needing hope. Why? What, what, what has happened here? What's gone on? Well, the people that you see are those Israelites that came out of exile. You see, 70 years before this event, and God had been warning Israel for so long, out of his mercy, he gave them so many warnings, he said, do not turn from me. If you do, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go in exile for 70 years. And the prophet Jeremiah predicted this very thing. And indeed, that is what happened. They got captured by the Babylonians and they left their home. But right on cue again, see, God has a plan. His plans and purposes will always come to pass. God is never late and he's never early. He's right on time. We think that uh, we invented the just-in-time manufacturing process. Well, I have to say that God invented just in time, his perfect timing. And right on cue, and at this point the Babylonian Empire had fallen and the Persian Empire was now risen up and King Cyrus the Great made a decree to say, you know what, you guys go home. God had moved the king's heart to say, you guys can go back to Jerusalem. And you can imagine the, the jubilation, you can imagine the excitement. We get to go home. <gasps> Do you remember the stories our parents told us about the wonderful temple where we worshipped our God? Do you remember the stories about the wonderful city? And so a remnant, there was a first wave and a second wave that went back. Only 50,000 on the first wave decided to get up and make that long journey back home. And you can imagine how excited they were. And yet, when they arrived, all was not as they had hoped. You see, when they looked around, what they saw was not a place ready for them. It was not the place that their ancestors had told them about. It was a place of brokenness. It was as if that the veil had been removed from their eyes and where they had once thought that everything was okay, actually they could see the cracks. Where they thought that the place was going to be perfect for them, they discovered that it was in need of repair. And, and why was this the case? Well, as I mentioned to you before, God had warned Israel and said, if you choose to turn from me and not walk in the blessings that I have for you, then this is what's going to happen. But they didn't listen to God. Why? Because they thought to themselves, well, we don't need God. 
We can do it without God. We're smart enough. We're clever enough. We're strong enough. And yet what they found was as they turned their back on God, this is what happened. And so coming back, you can imagine seeing this brokenness, it would have dawned on them. You know what? We turned our back on God. And you know, we live in a world that has turned its back on God. Indeed, it started, didn't it, back in the garden in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect there. But they also made a choice. They decided that they could be like God, that they didn't need God. And sin entered the world. And everything we see around us, the decay, we know that creation yearns and cries out and groans for the revealing of the Son of Man. Because we see the impact of sin all around us. And you see, it was in this very moment that Zechariah wrote to them. Now the book of Zechariah, and you can read it in the Old Testament, if you want to know what the major theme is, it is this, a theme of encouragement. Because in this moment, God wanted to encourage them. Why? Because of his mercy and his love. You know, his love never fails. His compassion fails not. As it says in Lamentations chapter 3, his kindness is anew every morning. And in that moment, God didn't want them to stay in that place. He sent Zechariah, the prophet, to encourage them. And can I ask you a question this morning? Are you in need of encouragement on this Palm Sunday? Indeed, you might know people that you've spoken to who need encouragement in this time. Maybe this time is very much like it was 2,400 years ago when Zechariah penned these words of encouragement, where all of a sudden there became a realisation that actually we probably need God. There came a realisation, and maybe this is for yourself or people that you know, that actually not all is well with the world. Certainly, the coronavirus crisis that we find ourselves in has been a wake-up call for many, and I have spoken to many of you who have shared with me conversations you've had with other people, where other people are starting to seek out God in this time. Because all of a sudden, it is as if a veil has been removed, and there is starting to be a realisation that not all is well with the world. And that just as those Israelites 2,400 years ago started to seek God, that this is a time where God is moving and revealing himself. He is as if taking a veil off the eyes of so many people. The reality is setting in. And for many, people are seeking God. And it is in this place, therefore, that God speaks today this word of encouragement. And let me ask you a question. How did Zechariah encourage them? And how does God encourage us today on Psalm, Palm Sunday? He did this. He reminded them of God's promises. In fact, did you know that the name Zechariah means Yahweh remembers? Yahweh is the name, the personal name of God. See, God remembers his promises to us on this Palm Sunday. And do you know how he encouraged them? 
Do you know how Zechariah demonstrated that God remembers? He prophesied about the coming of Jesus. And you can read that in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. That is where Matthew 21, verse 5 comes from. See, your king comes to you. Now, why did Zechariah prophesy about the coming of Jesus? Why did God say to Zechariah, tell the people about Jesus coming? Why was that the way in which Zechariah encouraged the people? Why did God choose to say, I remember my promises to you? Because all of God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus. All of God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus. And what promise does Jesus fulfill for us? Well, you know, I mentioned the prophet Jeremiah before, didn't I? And in Jeremiah chapter 31, and I'm going to read from verse 33 to 34, this is the promise. And it's called the new covenant. What does new covenant mean? It basically means a, a new type of relationship that has been ushered in with the coming of Jesus. And let me read it to you from the message version. I love the way it puts this. This is God speaking through Jeremiah. This is the brand new covenant relationship that I will make with Israel when the time comes. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and be their God. And they will be my people. They will no longer go around setting up schools and teaching each other about God. They'll know me firsthand. The dull and the bright, the smart and the slow. And then it goes on to say, I'll wipe the slate clean for each of them. I'll forget they ever sinned. <laughs> you see, that is the promise that Jesus fulfilled. A promise of an eternal relationship with a God that loves us. And you see, why do we celebrate Easter? Why did Jesus, right on cue, have to enter Jerusalem on a donkey? And why did he have to exit carrying a cross? Because the only way our slate would be wiped clean was because Jesus bore the punishment of sin on our behalf. You see, the promise of God, of relationship with him, could only be fulfilled by the perfect spotless lamb, Jesus. And you know, that is the message that we need to hear this Easter time. It is true that all of us, me and you and those that you know, we all messed up. You know, we're not good, we're just grateful. None of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God, as Paul says. And so when we, just as the Israelites did 2,400 2, years ago, when they went back to their land and discovered that it was broken, just as we look around us and we see that indeed around us is broken, that it is in that place that we respond to Jesus. But you know, maybe, maybe for you, you've 
You've said yes to Jesus. And yet in this season, actually what you're discovering is that there are other things broken in your life. Maybe it's relationships with other people. Maybe it's habits that have flared up that you can't seem to get out of. Maybe it is thought patterns. You know, whatever these things are, it is in these seasons that by his grace and his mercy, God opens our eyes to the fact that without him we are broken. And you see, the promise of a new relationship with God isn't just a promise and a ticket to heaven. It's also a passport to live today. You see, the promise includes peace. It includes a peace which surpasses all understanding, as Paul talks about in Philippians 4. It is a hope. It is a joy that wells up in spite of our circumstances. You know, the Apostle Paul said that he had learned to be content in all circumstances. And where did he write this? In a jail cell. (laughs) It is about knowing that we can press in and walk into the healing, physical, emotional, and mental healing that he has for us now. This is the encouraging word that God is reminding us this Palm Sunday. And so how do we respond to this? We do what they did 2,000 years ago on Palm Sunday. We say, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. In other words, we praise him. We praise him. That is our response. You know, if you are feeling anxious and heavy, praise him. It says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Praise him. If you are feeling fearful and anxious, praise him. I mentioned that peace which surpasses all understanding. Well, in Philippians 4, Paul says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why? Because in Psalm 104, it's 100 verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. In spite of the circumstances around us, one thing we should remember on Palm Sunday is that we should be a people of praise because he inhabits the praises of his people. And wherever you are at, however you are feeling, make a choice to praise God. Make a choice to praise Jesus. Look up to him and say, Hosanna in the highest. But how else do we respond? Maybe you're watching me for the first time. Well, welcome. It's lovely to meet you. Hopefully I can meet you in person when our doors open again. Or maybe you've been coming to our church for a long time, but you've you've yet to say yes to Jesus as your personal saviour. How do you respond this morning? You say, God in heaven, I want that relationship with you. And thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a choice to go on that donkey on Palm Sunday and exit Jerusalem carrying a cross. That you made a choice to die for me. Why? Because you loved me. Thank you that my sins, that my slate has been wiped clean. And if that's you this morning, and in this season it's as if a veil has been lifted from your eyes, 
and you recognize the brokenness around you and indeed the brokenness in you. And that this morning, as I've spoken these words of encouragement, that Jesus has come to restore relationship, you're saying, that's the answer that I am seeking. Then I want to pray with you right now. If you want to say yes to Jesus and have that relationship, then why don't you just follow this prayer with me as I pray? And it's a simple prayer. It's a prayer which says, Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. We've all sinned. But thank you that you died on the cross for me, that my sins are forgiven. And thank you for the new life that I receive. And so I'm going to say this prayer and you pray along. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came 2,000 years ago. That on this Palm Sunday, you made a choice to enter Jerusalem. And a week later, you made a choice to exit carrying a cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. And Lord, would you forgive me for my sins? I repent and ask for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that my slate has been wiped clean by your precious blood. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill me, that I would indeed know new life, that in spite of the brokenness around me, you would just fill me up, that, you would, that I would know your peace, I would know your joy and thank you that I get to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, you know, if you just prayed that prayer, I just want to thank God. Thank you, Lord. You know, it says in the scriptures that the angels right now are, are celebrating in heaven. And we want to celebrate with you too. We want to support you if you've made that decision this morning. If you scroll down, you'll see the prayer request section and a button that says uh, New Believer. If that's you, complete the form and we want to send you in the post a pack, which includes a Bible and other things. And we want to follow up and give you a call or send you an email and walk with you on this amazing new journey that you find yourself in. For this is the start of something new for you. And let me just end by saying this. We want to pray with all of you. Our ministry team have been praying for you this morning as I've been speaking. And they're available now online to pray with you. So on that prayer request section, why don't you complete the form? Maybe something's come of this talk that you need support with. Whatever it might be, if it's healing, physical healing, we want to pray with that. And in fact, next week what we're going to do is we're going to have a separate video which is going to list out the words of knowledge that we're going to do. As you know, we have that normally when we are in the church building and we're going to do that next week as well. So whatever we can pray for, we want to pray with you. Lastly, why don't I just pray for us all before I end. Lord, I want to thank you that on this Palm Sunday we get to celebrate and shout Hosanna and praise you. I pray that we would be a people of praise, that in spite of what we go through, Lord, we will make a choice to praise your name and to give you thanksgiving. And I pray that as we do that, Lord, you would presence yourself with us. I pray for that garment of praise for everyone 
that is feeling heavy right now, that they would receive that garment of praise. And I pray we would know your presence, that as we praise you, Lord, we will enter your gates and we would be in your presence. I pray for all of us who are listening, who are sick, and those that we know that uh, need healing right now. I pray your healing touch upon us, Lord. Whether that be the coronavirus itself, I just claim the blood of the Lamb and your healing now, or any other ailment, Lord, I pray for your healing touch upon us. And I pray for all of our people who are on front line, Lord, that you would protect them. And we thank you for them, for their courage and their boldness. Lord, would you protect them and their loved ones? And for each of us, Lord, I just pray that in this Easter time, as we remember your sacrifice, that we would make a choice to go deeper into you, that we would make a choice to seek you out, knowing, Lord, that you have amazing things for us. I pray this all in the precious name of our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you all. Have an amazing week. Don't forget, this Good Friday, we will have a Good Friday meditation on Church Online. And next Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Saviour. And we will be having communion together as well. Bless you all and see you soon.